of one of the top 10 most influential men on the planet. Hey, it's Jason Capital. Jason Capital, he is the preeminent expert. Jason Capital has been recognized as a top 100 entrepreneur by the White House. There's very few people in the world like Jason Capital. He gets right to the core. Surrounds you with an energy unlike anything you've ever experienced. There's a ton of value, but it's presented in a really consumable way. In my definition, the way I describe freedom is getting what you want, when you want, with who you want. This is pretty much just an awakening to the world. Jason Capital. We need you to be expressive. We are attracted to people who are expressive, not repressed. You know what we, what we feel around someone who's repressed? Repulsed. You guys ever meet someone you can tell they're totally in their fucking head? Is that someone you want to hang around all day with? No, you're like, let me get the hell away from this person real quick. Why would it be any different on camera or on social media? Okay, by a show of hands, raise your hand if that was the weirdest intro to a speech or a talk you've ever seen in your entire life. Perfect. Raise your hand if you would be freaked out to go in a room of about 300 people you've never met before and say that on stage. Raise your hand. Perfect. And one more time. I'm, by the way, I'm like the annoying guy. I'm going to make you raise your hand like 40,000 times. Um, but it helps me because I can like get an idea of what's going on here. How many of you feel that if you actually didn't give a fuck what people thought, that you would maybe be further ahead in your career, your business, your social media, everything? By a show of hands. Keep your hand raised. I just want you to look around this room right now and notice almost every other hand is raised right now. So in this, this talk, I have, I think, about 90 minutes. And actually, I have 60 minutes. Excuse me. Shit. I'm going to go faster. <laughs> in the 58 minutes that I have here, I am going to break presenter law. Right? Presenter law would tell you you get on stage and you teach one core concept. I am going to teach two core concepts. The first one we're going to go over very, very quickly. And it's going to be about what I call the not give a fuck muscle. And I want to help you guys develop this muscle so that you can at one point, here's like my, my, my premise about this. If you go on a stage in front of people that you don't know and you could literally not give a fuck so much that you would go blah, 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 in front of them, you would be making a lot more money, you'd be helping a lot more people, you'd have a lot more impact right now. So I want to help you develop what I call the not give a fuck muscle. How many of you are trainers in this room? Yeah, we got a lot of trainers. You guys know muscles, perfect, right? They skipped that one when you got certified. Uh, it's not anywhere in your body, but it is a real muscle. The second thing I want to help you with, and this is going to be the key thing we're going to go over, is what I call becoming a power speaker, specifically for social media. By a show of hands, how many of you are like, if my social media was just fucking popping off more, I'd have a lot more business and things would be a lot better? Raise a hand high. Yeah, if your social media sucks, you know me better, raise it like high, proud. Yeah, raise that. Listen, all progress starts with truth, okay? So, for those of you that don't know me or have never heard of me before, I used to be a dating coach, like Hitch. You guys know that movie, Hitch, Will Smith? That was literally me in my 20s. Uh, and, you know, I was named the number one dating coach in the world. I sold. Uh, tens of millions of dollars of dating advice products online in my 20s. Things went really, really well. It didn't start that way, though. I started off very, very shy. Uh, I, was, you know, I, I was like that dude who would go to a party with his friends, and they'd all meet a girl, and I would 
literally meet no one. Every girl who talked to me would be like, it was really nice meeting you. I'm going to go find my friends. That was me, right? And uh, I realized, I was like, you know what the biggest problem is? It's not that I'm not charming. I'm charming. It's just that I don't express myself when I'm talking to someone new. I am repressed. I am shy. I am afraid to say what I want to say, to express what I want to express. How many of us go through life on a video or in a conversation not expressing ourselves the way that we know we are capable of? And we knew if we just expressed ourselves truly, deeply, in an authentic, engaging way, we would be able to get a lot more done, have a lot more impact. We all know that. And I thought, well, how the hell do I do this? Right, so I invented something called the not give a fuck muscle. And here is how I decided to train it. I was actually, for the trainers in here, I was a trainer for three years. I got certified when I was 17. So like I knew training a little bit. And what I decided to do is I'm at Michigan State University. I am 20 years old. I'm surrounded by other college kids. I am as insecure as I could possibly be because all college kids are. And I thought, well, what if when I'm walking to class, all these kids are around me, I just did something really embarrassing. Something so embarrassing that if I did this in front of them and I was okay, that expressing myself later on with someone I didn't know would be no problem at all. So here's what I did. This is what it looked like. Walking to class, people around me, and I go <laughs> And then I would just keep walking. And the first time that I did it, freaking out, totally. Like freaking the fuck out. Uh, there's like girls around me and I'm like, they probably think I'm having a seizure. Hopefully no one calls like 911 here. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. Every possible scenario that I thought in my mind of all the bad shit that could happen didn't fucking happen. Nothing happened. No one even noticed. Researchers actually have a name for this today. They call it the spotlight effect. It means everyone's thinking about themselves all the time. They're not even looking at you. Spotlight effect. But they didn't notice, I noticed something. Here's what I noticed. I was a lot more free. For about 10 minutes, I had a 10 minute window. Here was what I realized. I go and then I have a 10 minute window where I actually feel authentic and genuine and like expressing myself, like the real me. And then I go right back to, to being a little bitch, okay? <laughs> and then I do it again and I go and I feel great. And this time, it lasts for 15 minutes. And then I go back to being a little bitch. And then I do it again. And now I got 30 minutes of freedom. Before I knew it, I would do this every day for months. After about six months, I did not have to, what I call, shake the shit out anymore. I was just me. The real, genuine version of me. It didn't matter who the fuck I was around, how high status they were, how low status they were, whether they had the keys to the kingdom for me or they could offer no value to me at all, I was just me. And that was really useful. Because I started marketing online around the same time when I was 20 years old. And in fact, Craig was my first online mentor back then. Can we just like, give a huge round of applause for how amazing Craig is as a human being real quick? Yes. Craig, like, I've met a lot of people in my journey. Craig is sincerely one of the greatest human beings that I've ever met in my entire life. He puts on an amazing event, but more than that, he's just an amazing human being. So anyways, uh, I'm starting to market online, right? And back then, this was like 2009, 2010, we didn't have iPhones for videos, we had a flip cam. Raise your hand if you had a flip cam, you remember what I'm talking about, right? Was that 1080p? No, it was like 4p, right? 4p, four pixels. And I would record videos on that, right? And I'd record a video, 
and then I'd be like, this fucking sucks. Raise your hand if you ever do this for yourself. <laughs> yep, I knew it, right? And I'd be like, this sucks. And I was like, well, what if I do the <laughs> weird thing and then I record a video right after? And so I did it. And you know what happened? Wasn't half bad. Still kind of sucked, but wasn't like that bad. And then I did it again and again and again and again. And now today my videos have gotten hundreds and hundreds of millions of views and I've been paid a lot of money, you know, millions of dollars to teach other people how to do this, how to speak on a stage or more importantly, how to speak on video and on social media. And I, with every client, every person, every team that I teach this stuff to, that I work with, we always start with the not give a fuck muscle because every, every framework for how to give a great speech, all, you know, how to be a great speaker, how to use metaphors, how to structure your story, all that stuff doesn't fucking matter if you are repressed on stage. We need you to be expressive. We are attracted to people who are expressive, not repressed. You know what we, how we feel around someone who's repressed? Repulsed. You guys ever meet someone and you can tell they're totally in their fucking head? Is that someone you want to hang around all day with? No, you're like, let me get the hell away from this person real quick. Why would it be any different on camera or on social media? I want you to think about right now the person who you follow on social media or on video the most. The person that you're like, I love this person. And then ask yourself, are they incredibly repressed or are they very fucking expressive? Raise your hand if they're repressed. Raise your hand if they are expressive real quick. Keep your hand raised as you look around this room because I want you to notice every single hand in this room is raised, everyone who's playing. This is what I want you guys to be, more expressive, more authentic in your videos. But we cannot do it unless your not give a fuck muscle is jacked. It's literally that simple. And so here is what I want you to do. Will you guys play with me a little bit, yes? Yeah. Perfect, okay. What I want you to do in just a minute is I'm gonna ask you to stand up and get with a partner and you are going to shake the shit out. Let me demonstrate one more time unless it hasn't been burned into your brain already. Okay? You're gonna do it for about 10 seconds and then you guys are gonna switch and your partner is gonna go. Very, very important. When your partner is doing it, don't encourage them. Be neutral. Straight face if you can, it's ideal. Just like this. Okay? All right, let's give this a shot real quick. Stand up and partner up, let's do this real quick. to our seats real quick. <laughs> All right. Can we, uh, can we give ourselves some loves real quick? The way I do it, I don't know how you guys do it here, but I like to just go one, two, three, and then we all clap in unison. Is that cool? Yeah. 
All right, let's try it. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Beautiful. How fucked up would it be if I just made up everything I just said just to get you guys to do that? I was just thinking that in my head. It, I didn't do that at all. This is a very real thing. I just thought that would be weird. Here's what I want to know. Raise your hand if you actually felt more expressive after you did that. You felt more free. You felt more comfortable in your skin. Perfect. Almost every hand goes up. What if you started to do this before every video you shot? Would your videos get better, yes or no? Yes. I promise you they would get better. And here's the best part. By a show of hands, how many of you are making at least one video a day right now? Perfect, right? We all know, as, as you know, a lot of us are trainers and things like that, we know like volume is key, repetition is key. If you're making a video every day and you do this before every video, are you getting your reps in, yes or no? Yes. So this was built in. You will build, you'll build this muscle without even trying and your videos will get better. The not give a fuck muscle. That's concept number one. Let's dig deep into concept number two. We are, I got 47 minutes, we're good. We're so good. All right, so here's what I, I wanna talk about. Everyone can just draw three circles real quick, just like this little Venn diagram, and it notes or something like that. That would be very, very helpful. So just by a show of hands, how many people here have no idea who I am before like I got on stage? Never heard of me, seen me? Perfect, about half of you, awesome. So let me just take two minutes to tell you a little bit like how the hell I got here and why you should even give a damn about what the hell I'm saying. So I, from Michigan, grew up in a married middle class family, older brother, younger sister, I was the middle child. I, which meant I spent a lot of time alone. I played basketball my whole life. I played college basketball. And uh, when I was a senior in college, I stopped playing basketball. And for the first time in my life, I didn't have something on my calendar all day, right? Playing college basketball, you wake up, you train and you play all day, and then you go to bed. And I had free time for the first time in my life. And I took a look around for the first time, realizing I'm not gonna play pro basketball. And I'm like, what the hell am I gonna do with my life? Because I love mom, I love dad, I don't want your life. I don't want to go to work every day. I see, like I looked at my parents and I'm like, your jobs make you miserable. Why do you do this? That's just what it looked like to me and I just didn't want that for myself. I didn't know what I wanted. I knew what I didn't want. And uh, there was a professor one day at Michigan State where I went to school and she pulls me aside after class senior year and she goes, Jason, you are a fuck up. She didn't say it in those words, but she's like, you really, like, I, just so you guys understand, I was the kid who went to class with a newspaper, sat in the back row, and then flipped open the newspaper as high as I could, just so teacher knew I didn't give a shit about what they were saying. That was me, right? I really got my money's worth, college. She goes, like, you need to stop screwing around. You're gonna be in the real world next year. You need to figure out what you wanna do with your life. And I said, I don't know what the hell I wanna do. I just know what I don't want. I don't want the job, the normal, I, I don't want that. I want something different. She goes, well, that's cool, but you're, you need to get realistic here because you will enter the real world next year and you're gonna need to get a good, steady job that pays the bills. And I was like, there's no way that I'm gonna do that. And she goes, Jason, you don't understand. Do you think I wanted to be a college professor? <laughs> no, but it pays the bills and you're gonna need to do the same. Now, I had like smoke coming out of my ears at this point, just angry, right? And around the same time, I had heard about this underground online world of people who made money on internet and social media, and I had an opportunity to go to one of these marketing conferences in DC. And I go, 
right? I was a little bit worried. I'm like 20 years old. Like, I don't know where you guys were at back then or what you think about internet people, but I was like, I don't like, you never know what these internet people, there's like hoodlums and BS and scam art, like who the hell knows where I'm getting into, right? But I go to this event and the first person I meet on the first day of the first hour is Craig Ballantyne. Fucking lucky, right? Yeah, like the porn guys could have been right over there and I, I met Craig, okay? And Craig takes a liking to me for whatever reason and he sits me down and he's like, so what are you doing with your, your life? And, and I told him, well, I wrote this ebook, I have a website, no one's buying it. And he looks at the site and he's like, yep, that sucks, I understand why no one's buying it. Uh, he's very honest, but he goes, I think I can help you. Uh, and I'm like, cool. He's like, if I give you the plan of what to do, will you take action on it? Sure, Craig, I'll, I'll, yeah, yes, I got it. He goes, great, give me $1,000. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I checked my, my bank account, my PayPal, I have like $1,400 to my name. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna let fucking professor win. Screw it. So I give Craig 1000 bucks. we sit down in the hotel lobby, and he writes a business plan for me on a napkin. And I take the napkin back to my dorm room at Michigan State University, and I make $20,000 the very first month using Craig's napkin plan. And I continue to make a lot of money over the next 10 years. I sold over $40 million online before I turned 30 uh, in a variety of different niches. As far as we know, I'm the only person who's ever sold more than a million dollars in six different industries before the age of 30. So uh, it's been really, really good for me and my family and my girlfriend and my dogs. And, and today I live, I spent half the year in Puerto Rico. I spend the other half in California. For those who are wondering why the hell do you live in Puerto Rico half the year, come talk to me after and I will tell you about the world's greatest tax plan ever, totally legal by the way, and life's pretty good today. And so I'm on a mission today to give back all the, the great things that happened to me in my 20s. I'm on a mission, as Marcus said, to create 100 millionaire students in the next three years. It started this mission five months ago. I have created nine millionaires so far in the first five months, so I'm doing pretty good, but I got my fucking work cut out for me. So by the way, if any of you happen to want to be my next millionaire student, come talk to me and I would be glad to help. Um, that's not a pitch, by the way, okay? That's just saying I need like fucking, I got 91 to go. I got some work to do here, okay? Uh, and so the way that these nine millionaires have been created, because they come a variety of different industries. We have trainers, we have coaches, we have e-com people, Shopify people, uh, copywriters, closers, all kinds of people who are succeeding with this, is we teach high income skills. Raise your hand if you ever heard this term, high income skills. Beautiful, most of you, good. So uh, people go, Jason, how the hell did you sell $40 million online before you turned 30? Uh, I worked my fucking ass off and I had high income skills. That's it, right? High income skills are the key to earning a high income. I believe that bar none because they apply to every single industry. It does not matter what you do, what level you're at, what industry you're in. If we can develop your high income skills, you will have, you will just earn a high income. There's no way it can't happen. Because the high income skills at the end of the day are communication skills. And everything that we do is about communication. Communicating with ourselves, communicating with our team members, communicating with our customers and our prospects. And our, it's all communication. And I've found that there's three high income skills that matter more than any other. The first one is copy, right? What is copy? What is copywriting? Copywriting is the words that you use. It's words that get cash, words that inspire, words that get people to take action. I want everyone here to realize that if, no matter who the prospect is, if you, have the, if you say the right words at the right time to the right person, they will say yes to you and they will buy. 
It's about knowing what those right words are. That's copy. The second high income skill of the big three is closing. A lot of people here really good at having a lot of prospects, talking to a lot of people, having a lot of DM conversations with a lot of people, but the ability to convert suspect to prospect and prospect to customer, that is the golden skill. That is closing, right? We could also call this conversion. And the third high income skill, the one that we are gonna spend the time on today that we have left here together is speaking. All right, speaking. And I don't just mean speaking on a stage. I mean like all the fucking time. Let's just do a little thought experiment here. All right, easy one. How many days a week do you use your voice and talk? Seven, anyone here like, nope, six? <laughs> Seven days a week we use our voice. And yet, how many of us actually work on it? There's this thing that literally is the key to us unlocking wealth and freedom and impact, and yet we don't even work on it. And it's called speaking. You realize, who, who here has a team? You have employees, you have a team, anything like that. Awesome, okay, so I have, I have a fairly small team. Uh, we're about 21 people right now. But I am well aware every single day that if I can communicate to my team better and better and better in the little huddles, little conversations that we have, everything is gonna get better as a team. True or false, right? How many touches do you get with your team members each week? Probably not at many. How many of them do you feel are truly powerful, impactful, like you really breathe life into this person and they're really gonna help you carry out your mission? Most of us, it's just bullshit conversations. Speaking, communication with our team, communication with ourselves, communication with our audience on video, on ads. I, have an, I had an ad that we ran a couple years ago on YouTube, shot on an iPhone, it got 11 million views and brought in 25,000 customers. One video on YouTube. It was me and I was in a hot tub with no shirt on looking like an asshole. Raise your hand if you ever saw this, this ad. Couple of you, yeah, right? 11 million people, you guys probably saw it. And so all that was speaking. I didn't need a production crew. I didn't need four video editors. I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk and gonna have a 35 person team for my personal brand. Like I just needed an iPhone because it's the skill. The skill will transcend whatever the technological disadvantages you may think that you have. Does that make sense, yes or no? Okay, so we're gonna talk about speaking here today, specifically what I call power speaking. So what I'm gonna share with you are the big three power speaking principles and then we're gonna do some workshop stuff together. I'm gonna ask you to actually take a couple minutes and brainstorm some stuff that you'll be able to immediately apply to your emails, your videos, your social media, your ads, everything that you do. If we do that, will you guys play all out with me and, and write the shit and brainstorm, yes? yes? Okay, cool. So, power speaking. By the way, if I'm holding my phone, it's just this is where I keep my notes. It keeps me on track because I have a tendency to just rant and fucking rave and go on off all kinds of things. Uh, power speaking. This is what I call the new king. All right, the new king. The new king in your world, in my world, in our world is video. Raise your hand if you kind of sort of notice this. 
going on? Yes, good, okay. In 2020, we are two months away right now, video will make up 90% of the internet. 90%. Users currently on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, spend more than 90% of their time not looking at pictures, not reading captions, but watching videos. If your game on video isn't good, you're fucked. I am dead serious here. I'm trying to sound a little scary because I want to, I'll do whatever I can to control you to start working on your power speaking skills, on your video skills. A lot of us, like who here is like, I'm a better writer than I am a speaker and I really like my writing and my words, yeah, right? Just so you guys understand, in my 20s how I made all that money selling stuff, it was all with email marketing, all of it. I would write three to 4,000 words a day of emails every single day. I like writing, I like my words, but you know what happened? Email stopped making as much money as it used to. Raise your hand if you've noticed this yourself. Yeah, we all know it. And so I was like, I have to get good on video. This is a skill I have to cultivate within myself and I urge everyone here to do the same. Because while we are aware video is king, people are kind of slow to catch onto this. They're either slow to catch onto it or they're incredibly insecure about being on video. That's why we do the not give a fuck muscle thing, okay? The other key, as it is the new king, is no one is going to crown you. No one's gonna reach their hand from the clouds and say you are gonna speak on camera now and people are gonna listen, okay? No one's gonna do that for you. You must crown yourself. Do you think someone told Gary Vee, yo, people wanna hear what you have to say, so go say it? No one, no one, he told himself. You think someone told Tony Robbins, like from the clouds, you are blessed and you must help people go speak all the time? No, he crowned himself, right? We have to crown ourselves, no one's gonna do it for us. All right, and I hope that today can act as a way, to, as like a catalyst for you to start, start doing that. And here's the thing, on your power speaking journey, just be aware of what it's gonna look like, because it's gonna look like this, okay? As you start to record more videos, speak more, express more, do all these things, at first, it's going to be very hard. Why is it gonna be hard? Because it's not that you're afraid of what people think, it's not that you are insecure about what people might comment, it's that you will be unfamiliar with the practice. That's it. Anyone here do yoga? Let me see a show of hands. Any yoga practitioners here? Cool, all right, I practice every day, I love yoga. First time I did it, I think I fell on my face like 12 times in class, all right? Just fall on my ass, just falling over and over. Everyone, like you guys ever go to yoga class at first and you look around and you're like, how the fuck do these people do this shit? They're like balancing on their pinky and I'm like, this is like insane. It was hard for me at first because I've never done it before. For those of you who have never done video, never committed to video, it's just gonna be hard at first, not because you are bad at it, because it is simply something you are unfamiliar with. As you continue and you keep going, you're gonna find the next phase is where things get very messy. It's gonna get messy, and you'll know that it's starting to get messy, which by the way is a very, very good sign, because your emotions as you do these videos and as you speak is gonna look something like this. That is an eight sideways, right? And what you're gonna do is you're gonna make a video and you're gonna feel really good about it. Raise your hand if you ever made a video in the last six months where you were like, I crushed that. 
Be proud. Be a fucking proud. Yeah. Right? You crushed it. Great. How many of you have also done this in the last six months? You make the video and you go, I fucking suck. <laughs> Perfect. Right? That's the crazy eight. That's what we call that. That's a crazy eight. Where you are going to go, I'm fucking amazing, and the next day you're going to suck. And the next day you're amazing, and the next day you're going to suck. And you're going to go back and forth and back and forth. And if you continue to keep going, eventually it gets gorgeous at the end. Right? All change is hard at first, messy in the middle, gorgeous at the end. And you're going to know that it is gorgeous here because you are going to start making a lot of money from your videos and have very high conversions and you get a lot of feedback from people who are going to raise their hand because they want what you have and they want to thank you for all that you've helped them with and it's going to be really, really, really good. And all kinds of opportunities are going to open up to you. Do you realize, I said, I used to write these emails, three to 4,000 words. Do you know how long it takes to write a 4,000 word email? Isaac, how long does it take? Fucking long time. Damn right. You know how long it takes to make a video where you say 4,000 words? Maybe 2% of the time. If it took me three hours to write a 4,000 word email, I can bang out that video in like 10 minutes. Do you see the advantage that someone who's good on video has over the person who's not? How much more content you can produce, ads you can test, landing pages you can test, everything. I mean, everything. How many people here are brick and mortar? You've, you have a physical location. Great, bunch of you, right? Do you realize that if you're really good on video and fast with it, like the video messages you can send your clients to increase show up rate or to increase retention or anything like that, like if you have to write them all, it takes forever. Video, 10 seconds sent, 10 seconds sent. Like the advantage is insane, okay? So this is the journey you're gonna go on as you become a power speaker. What I wanna give you now are, I am just like wasting paper here, by the way. I hope no one cares about the environment. Um, just kidding. I want to give you the three biggest principles uh, to, to power speaking, to really getting this down in terms of the mindset and the worldview. Is that cool? Yes? Okay. So thing number one is this idea that when you are speaking, this is your house. I learned this from a, a buddy of mine who unfortunately passed away a couple months ago named Sean Stevenson, and he was an unbelievable human being. Uh, they called him the three-foot giant, one of the best speakers on the planet. I think he would get fifty or $100,000 per speech, and he was literally three feet tall. Uh, but he said, Jason, when I speak to these audiences, I don't care if I'm three feet tall and there's 3,000 human beings looking at me. This is my house. That is my mind state. That is the metaphor I'm operating through. And if it's my house, what does that make you? My guess. And do you know how to treat guests really well? Of course. You've been doing this your whole life. You're looking out for them. They're under your protection. You want to make sure they're comfortable. But it's still your house. And if it's your house, who makes the rules? You or them? Yeah, you do. Right? If you come on a stage and the audience can tell that you don't feel like you're in charge or you know like you're man with the plan, if they don't feel that, they don't pay attention. Or they pay attention and they're just ignoring everything you say. And they're like, oh, this is that one shitty speaker. So it's my house, right? I always think about this, this uh, like becoming a ruler, right? You guys know what makes someone a ruler? They make the rules. <laughs> That's it. 
So like for instance, I have this event every year called the High Status Summit. I do my big annual event, a lot like Craig's. And every time I start, the very three days, the first hour of the first day, I get on stage and I tell everyone the rules. Here's how things work here. We do this, we don't do this. We stand when I say this, we sit when I say this. I set the rules, that puts me in charge and they know that this is whose house? My house, and everything is easy after that. And here's the thing, anytime you speak on a stage, or and by the way, this all applies to video, but the person watching or the person listening, no one ever goes to an event and is like, God, I hope this speaker sucks. <laughs> they come there, they want you to crush it, they want you to succeed, they're on your side. I have the next hour with this person, Should, do I want them to suck or do I want them to like blow my mind and make me laugh and make me think and stretch my imagination and give me strategy? I want that one, that sounds way better. So it's your house when you enter. Second thing, when I'm doing videos, when I'm speaking, I am always tuning the dial back into WIIFM radio. Who can tell me what WIIFM stands for? What's in it for me radio. So no matter what it is that I'm talking about, I'm talking about power speaking, some concept, great. I'm gonna take this and then I'm gonna tune it back into how it benefits you. What's in it for you? I'm gonna keep tuning this back in. What bad shit does this help you avoid? What good shit does this get you more of? It's that simple. Just remember this, bad, bad, good, good. If you do this thing, Good, good, but if you don't do it, bad, bad. Does that make sense? That's, that's literally, this is, this is the simplicity of my brain. I'm like a dog, right? Bad, good, it's that simple. So I'm gonna keep tuning it back in, right? You do this, great things happen. You don't do this, bad things happen. Gary Halbert is pretty much known as the greatest copywriter who has ever lived. And a buddy of mine got the opportunity to mentor under Gary uh, about 10 years ago before Gary passed away. He's literally sleeping on Gary's couch as Gary's apprentice because he wants to be this great world-class copywriter, which by the way, it's an amazing opportunity. Gary Halbert was a legend. And my buddy's name is Caleb. So Caleb gets to Gary's house first day, sleeping on the couch, and Gary goes, all right, Caleb, you are gonna write your first sales letter today. Caleb's like, dude, I've never written copy in my life. He's like, yeah, don't worry about it, it's be easy. He's like, well, it's easy for you, you've been writing copy for 30 years, like, I don't know what, he goes, it's easy, just trust me. He goes, okay, well, what am I writing copy about? And Gary goes, well, you're not gonna like that. Caleb's like, well, what is it? He goes, well, you're gonna be writing copy for supplements. Caleb's like, well, supplements, that's not that bad, they're penis pills. <laughs> he goes, oh. And he goes, well, I'm 21 years old, I don't know any, like, like I, he goes, I can't think about anything but sex. Like, how could I possibly relate to someone who's buying those kinds of pills? Gary goes, well, you're a smart young man. You'll figure it out, right? Go. So he sends him off. Caleb's now got to write this sales letter. No idea what to do or what to say. But he looks around at what the competitors are talking about, like what the other people's sales letters say, and he paraphrases, and he writes kind of the same thing, and he gives the letter back to Gary when he's done, and the headline says something like, how to be a sex stamina stud, the whole, you know, that whole thing. Rock star sex life, that stuff. Gary looks at it and he goes, this is the best you could do? And Caleb's like, that is the best I can do. And he goes, well then you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, wow, it's harsh. Uh, 
goes, well, why? He goes, you just made the number one mistake that everyone makes. You assumed that you knew what the prospect wanted. But how could you possibly know what the prospect wanted if you never went and talked to the prospect? Here's what I want you to do, Caleb. Here's a list of 200 customer names. These are people who have purchased this, this product in the past. And you're gonna spend the next two weeks calling each of them. And you're gonna have real, honest, raw conversations with each of them, and they are going to tell you why they bought this product. And you're gonna use that intel and information to then sell it in a responsible, effective way. Caleb's like, you want me to call 200 penis buyers? He's like, yeah. You're gonna, goes, and you want me to talk to them about their manhood? Yep. He goes, all right, fuck it. And he spends two weeks calling them. And something very, very strange emerges during these conversations. Caleb realizes that these men buying these pills who are in their 60s, in their 70s, in their 80s, they are not buying these pills because they want to be a rock star stud stallion. They're buying the pills because they are no longer attracted sexually to their wife of 40 or 50 or 60 years, and they feel guilty. And they just want to feel that attraction for their wife again. Now, if Caleb had gone to market with the stud stallion thing, would he have missed the mark, yes or no? Yes. Totally. Is there any way Caleb could have predicted from Gary's couch why these people were actually buying that product? No. You don't know until you talk to them. And yet, how many of us don't talk to our prospects? We just write copy. We just market. The biggest mistake I see many people making is they spend all their time studying their competitors instead of studying their customer. I spend all day thinking about my customer. It's weird. All day. When I meet them out in like the real world, people don't know me, they're not my customers, I just ask them these weird personal questions because I'm always trying to learn more about them. Right? I'm on a mission to help 100 people replace rat race life for laptop life, meaning the pain points I'm gonna talk about, that's about like job and boss and family and, and the wife who's like guilt tripping them about, you made these promises we got married and we're not doing it yet, or your mom is on your case about getting a real, like, I need to know that stuff, so I ask them that stuff. And once I know that stuff, how much easier is it for me to create effective marketing? They write the marketing for me. And if there's one lesson you take from this beyond speaking, it is this. Your prospects will write your marketing for you if you talk to them and just listen. Right? We got two of these, one of these, let's use it the right way. Just listen. Ask and listen. And then when you want to tune it back into what's in it for me radio or you want to make the content or whatever you're teaching, you're going to hit the bullseye. You're not going to be rock star stallion. You're going to be the other guy, the one where it's like, I know you feel guilty that you're not attracted to your wife anymore. Because when you whisper those words to the prospect, you don't have to yell, you don't have to sell, you don't have to be salesy. You just say that and their antenna perks right up and they're listening to every word that you have to say. Anyone here ever looked at a competitor in your marketplace and you're like, how the fuck do they keep outselling me? Their shit's not that good. Raise your hand. It's probably because they are speaking directly to the bullseye pain point or desire of your prospect. And you're not. And that's just the truth. I had an offer that I was selling the last couple of years about email marketing. 
and it would teach people how to start an email marketing agency as a way to replace rat race life with laptop life. I had the hardest time ever selling this product. You wanna know why? No one fucking wants to start an email marketing agency in 2019. Right, we've all heard email is dead, why would I start an email? It was the hardest sell ever. And yet I kept trying to push it and push it and push it on the prospect because I had made so much money doing email myself. That was how I had done it. Was I thinking about prospect or was I thinking about myself? Myself. The highest conversion rate, this was a $2,500 offer, highest conversion rate on a webinar that I ever got on this thing was like 4%, which is like okay but not that good. And so one day I just woke up and I took my own goddamn advice and I was like, all right, let me stop selling email. Let me find out where are they spending their time right now? What would they like to buy? And let me just sell them that, right? In my infinite wisdom. And so I talked to them. And you know what I found out? They're spending all their time on Instagram. I was like, all right, well, fuck, I'll just make a how to make money on Instagram thing. And that's what I did. And it's called IG Agent, right? The first webinar, IG Agent, 11% conversion rate. It went from four to 11 because I finally sold them what they wanted. We have sold 2,000 units of IG Agent in six months. I didn't sell, sell 2,000 email courses ever in two years because I sold them what they want. The way I, I always remember this is don't bring strawberry shortcake to a carrot cake party. You get invited to a party with a bunch of good-looking, high-status human beings, and the, the host is like, yup, you're in charge of dessert. You're like, great, and he's like, they love carrot cake. Catch what I'm, what I'm putting down, you're picking it up? Great, okay. So you go to the market to get carrot cake for the party, and while you're there, you go, you know what, carrot cake, good, I get it, but fuck, strawberry shortcake is just ridiculous you know what, I'm gonna be like the, the hit at this party because I'm gonna introduce them to the best dessert ever, strawberry shortcake. And so you buy strawberry shortcake instead of carrot cake and you go to this party and dessert comes and they go, all right, where is it? And you bring it out and you bring out strawberry shortcake instead of carrot cake. And everyone says, I hate you. <laughs> because you're the dude or dudette who brought strawberry shortcake to a carrot cake party. Your prospects are having a carrot cake party right now, and far too many of us are bringing strawberry shortcake to that party. Does that make sense, yes or no? Yes. Good, okay, third one. How are we on time? Good, okay, third one. Is I want to simply breathe life with my truth into the audience. So, we all hear this word inspire a lot. Everyone's gotta inspire people, inspire, I just wanna be an inspiration, you inspire me. We say it all the time. The Latin root of inspire actually means to simply breathe life into someone else. It makes sense when you hear it, right? Yeah, I get it, that's what inspire means. When I speak on a stage, when I'm talking on a video, on social media, all I wanna do is breathe life into you. That's it. That is my criteria for success. It is not I got a standing ovation. It is not everyone laughed at my jokes. It's none of those things. It's did I breathe life into the audience and at least one person? And if I did that, I am a success. I am good. If that is my criteria for success, who controls my success barometer, you or me? Me, 
I'm in control of it. And yet how many people go on a video or go on stage and they give all their power away to the audience because their criteria for success requires something from you? If I need you to do something or say something or laugh or pull out your credit card or something for me to feel this was successful, then I am always at your mercy. And you're always at your audience's mercy as a speaker or as a presenter. But if your criteria for success is simply breathe life into this person, if that's the last word that you say to yourself before you go on camera or you go on stage, you are going to fucking rock it. Because your focus will be on what matters, giving value to this other person. And it will be within your control. And this amazing thing happens when you do this, you actually make a lot more money at the same time because people can feel the authenticity, the, the authentic, genuine desire to want to help someone else. And that invokes reciprocity and then good things happen. Breathe life my truth, that's it. I want to breathe life into you and I want to be me. I don't want to be Tony Robbins, I don't want to be Gary Vee, I love Craig, I don't want to be Craig. Right? Bedros, Sharon, I love these guys, I don't want to be them, I just want to be me. I want to express the most authentic, genuine version of me. And if I can do those things, I am fucking good. Are you guys cool with that, yeah? Yeah, that's it. And anything else that happens in addition to that, what do we call that? That's a bonus. You happen to say great things. If you happen to share great stories, if you happen to get people to change, their, all that shit's great, that's just a bonus. If you breathe life into the other person, you did a fantastic job, you're good. Okay, you're good. And so, these are the only three principles that I think about when I'm speaking, I'm doing videos, and this is what I teach all the teams I work with. It's this, my house, what's in it for me, radio, and breathe life, my truth. That's it. Is that helpful for you guys? Yes? That didn't sound like it. Was it actually helpful for you guys? Cool, thank you. I need, I have really low self-esteem, so I need like the validation. Okay. All right, let's waste some more paper, and we're gonna get into some really good stuff here. So. This is my first time teaching this. This is something we've been using internally for the last only couple months, and it has transformed what we are doing on social media. That says power speaking influence. I promise. By a show of hands, how many of you would like to have more influence on social media with your audience? Okay. Uh, for the like 30% of the room not raising your hand, what do you, do you want less influence? We all want more influence with our audience. Like you do realize if you had ultimate influence with your viewer or your audience, then every call to action you would make, they would act on it, wouldn't they? Like why is it you tell them to swipe up or to message me or to buy now and they don't buy? Because you haven't achieved that level of influence that you want. <laughs> Who did it? Yeah. Hell yeah. You want to do it again? Yeah. Together? Anyone want to do this with me? Let's all stand up real quick. Let's do it real quick. Let's, let's make ourselves feel good. <laughs> Fuck it. All right. On the count of three, we're all going to do it at the same time. My girlfriend's going to be like, Jason, how was your event? And I'm going to be like, I made everyone go fucking crazy. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> okay. I want you to look at the person next to you, to your left, and the person to your right. And I want you to like look at them and be like, yo, if you don't go fucking hard on this last one, I'm gonna be really disappointed in you. You only get one more shot at this, let's make it fucking count, all right? One, two, three. 
Let's give ourselves some love. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Beautiful, please be seated. Thank you guys. And notice how good and free you feel right now in this moment. You didn't need a good comment, you didn't need validation, you didn't need someone to buy, you just needed to shake your fucking body, all right? Please remember that exercise and use that. So, power speaking influence. This is the framework as to how I break it down. I like Venn diagrams, I know. All right. For you to have more influence with your audience, the people watching you on Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook, anyone on TikTok? Couple of you? Yeah, for those of you who, who aren't, just do it. Like you're already posting on Instagram, just post the same shit on TikTok, at least for now. It costs you nothing and in case you're hedging yourself, in case TikTok really takes off to an older demographic, you will already be established. <clears throat> All right, uh, that's all we've been doing. I'm not creating native content for TikTok, but one of our videos on Instagram, which did okay, posted on TikTok, got 1.5 million views. All right, I'm, I don't understand it, I don't get it. Um, anyone ever here looked at TikTok? It's the weirdest app I've seen up to this point, but there's a lot of people on it, and in case it takes off, I will be established. I'll be ready. You should do the same. So, no matter what platform you are on, we know that people are always more influenced by who is saying it versus what are you saying. Like I could give a homeless person the best pitch ever and then have him go pitch to Peter Thiel in Silicon Valley, Peter still won't give him money, why? Because he's homeless and he probably dresses like shit and it's possible that he smells like shit, right? But if we have someone who's got status, someone who went to Harvard and had a successful exit already, and they say a worse pitch to Peter Thiel, they still have a much better shot because of who is saying it. What I am saying here is for you to have more influence with your audience, we need to increase your who. We need to elevate the who is saying it. And what I wanna give you very quickly here is a framework to do just that in a methodical, strategic, systematic way. And so the three big keys when it comes to influence on social media and power speaking is the first one here we're gonna put is credibility. Second one is connection. And the third one is simply cadence. Credibility, connection, cadence. All right, everyone got that? Because I'm gonna rip this thing off again. So let's talk about credibility. What is credibility? To me, credibility is an influencer's currency. Credibility is an influencer's currency. And by the way, we are all, if, you're, if you have an audience, a platform, you are an influencer. Whether you like the term or not, it's, it's just the term people are using now. Credibility is an influencer's currency. The more of it you have, the better you're probably gonna do. And what I've done, and uh, I wanna give credit to uh, one of my very good friends, his name is Kevin Hutto. Does anyone know Kevin? One, two people, awesome. Yeah, he uh, lives in a cave and never comes out. But when I go and visit him in his, in his marketing cave, I learn things, right? I go in there like retarded and then I come out really, really smart for like a couple hours because he's brilliant. And the last time I talked with him, he was like, he's like, I got this new, new thing with credibility for social, I'm like, dude, tell me, and he goes through it, and we use it. Our biggest thing in the last couple months is that our story views went down. Anyone here seen your story views go down the last couple months? Yeah, a lot of us, right? 
Last three weeks, we have doubled our story views. And I attribute it largely to this. We also, we also not doubled, but close to double the amount of sales we're making in the DM at the same time. And so here's the framework. Kevin goes, for credibility, there's only three things you need to think about. The first one is your assets. What are assets? Assets are the things that you have that your audience aspires to have. The things you have that your audience aspires to have. Think about this. Aren't we usually influenced by people who have what we want? Of course, right? How many like 19-year-olds wanted a Lamborghini, didn't like Ty Lopez, but were influenced by him because he had a Lamborghini? So assets, things that you have that your audience aspires to also have. This can be, by the way, this can be hard assets, like you have a lot of money, you drive a Ferrari, you have a cool house, but it can be things that actually matter, not bullshit, right? Like you have a great relationship with your spouse, you have a great relationship with your kids, you have a six pack, you have badass biceps, you have great calves, your dogs are cuter than theirs. You, I don't know, like one of them we figured out in Puerto Rico where I live, I have room service at my condo, because I live inside the Ritz Carlton, right? So I literally pick up the phone and I order a Wagyu burger. It's amazing. And yet, I didn't think about it. My team was like, dude, you have room service. You know how fucking crazy that is? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. They're like, that's, that's an asset. Raise your hand if you want room service at your house. <laughs> Perfect, I can influence you, all right? So, assets. Second thing, advantages. What are advantages? Advantages are all the things that you have that your competitors don't. These are specifically the things that you have that your competitors do not. The things that differentiate and separate and give you a, a, an upper hand versus the competition. I played college basketball. None of my competitors played college basketball. Is that an advantage for me, yes or no? Yeah, it's part of my story, it's part of my backstory. So that way, anyone who was an athlete in college or in high school or anything like that, I'm, they're gonna feel drawn to me because all these other gurus out there don't understand what it's like and what it takes to be like a competitive athlete. That is an advantage that I have, right? We all have these all kinds of advantages that we don't even think about, right? Here's another advantage that I didn't think about. I have two French Bulldogs, all right? Yeah, they're, they're amazing, right? The cutest little things ever, I love them. Sterling and Kennedy. None of my competitors have French Bulldogs. All right, when I was a dating coach, we had a long running joke. We were like, there's two ways to like get the girls you want. Number one, spend a lot of money with me in like three years doing really hard shit and you'll get there. Option two, buy a French Bulldog. <laughs> All right, it works. Uh, and so that's an advantage, okay? That means in my videos, I'm gonna include and talk about my French Bulldogs a lot because I'm the only guy in the market who has those things. If you have a weird haircut, if you, I don't know, here's the thing, it's not even good things always. Right? I had a guy who I was, I gave a talk in Puerto Rico a couple weeks ago, guy comes up to me, Jason, I'm afraid to go on camera, my teeth are really messed up. And he smiled, and he was right. <laughs> He's like, I can't afford to fix them right now. I was like, no problem, you are teeth god. <laughs> when you go on camera, you're gonna, like, the worst thing you can do is pretend like the elephant's not in the room. Like, you need to eat the elephant. So you go on camera, and you need to say right away, like, hey, my name's Terry, I can't wait to help you today. 
Uh, and by the way, you don't, don't call me Terry, you call me Teeth God, because as you can see, these pearly whites are on fleek. Anyways, and then you continue. But just like that, does the audience love him? Of course, right? So I was like, dude, that's not like a disadvantage. Your fucked up teeth are an advantage, I swear to God, if you own it, right? So assets, advantages, and the last one is associations. I got this one wrong for the longest time. There's a really old book called The Prince, written by a guy named Machiavelli. Anyone here ever read The Prince? Very, very insightful book. And one of the things he talks about in The Prince is that the best way to judge a man's character is to, to look at the people he surrounds himself with. And on social media, don't you think people are judging you the same way? And yet, how many of us are by ourselves in every story that we do? Keep your hand raised if you're like, I'm like always alone in my videos. Most of us. You know what you look like? You look like that like weird kid at lunch in high school who was just in the corner by himself, eating by himself the whole time. Except now you have an iPhone. Like that's, that's what it looks like. Why not, like, like we all have friends, we all have family. Like I will just record videos now making sure my dogs or my girlfriend or friends or my team or whatever is just in the background so I don't look like I'm some weird guy by himself making a video because we judge people by their, who they're around, social proof. The other thing that Kevin said with associations is that he goes, they wanna know who your mentors are, who your peers are, and your students, or your clients. People above you, people at your level, people who you're helping. Mentors, peers, students, or clients. And so here's how we use this. We're not gonna have time in the time that we have, but this is like the homework, I, and listen, of the 300 people in this room, I am certain that some of you will not take action on this, but those that do, you will have a truly ridiculous advantage on social media for the next two to three years. Uh, raise your hand if you are like, you're gonna take action on this homework and you will apply this. Thank you guys so much. That, the fact you raise your hands makes me very, very, very happy. So here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna list out all of the assets that you have. Just jot them all down. And when you're done, go ask your friends or your spouse or your kids or the, your team, what other things do you think I have, here's my list, and crowdsource it, right? Make that list as badass as you can. Then you're gonna list out all of the advantages that you also have. Advantages, again, are things you have that your competitors do not. List all of them out and then show it to your, like when I did this, I showed it to my girlfriend, to my team, to everyone. Like we need to make this, we're gonna make this list once right now, let's make it as badass as we can. And then you're gonna list out your associations. Who are the people that you get your information from, your mentors? The real ones or the virtual ones? The living ones and the dead ones, right? Like Dan Pena is a mentor of mine. Dan Pena is still alive, right? Ayn Rand is a mentor of mine, she's not alive, but they're both gonna go on the list. Does that make sense? And then your peers, like who's your circle? Like in my list, Sharon is on the list. Craig is on the list. Bedros is on the list. These are people that I talk to all the time. They're friends of mine, right? And so I got that list. You're gonna do the same. And then your students, your clients. Ideally, like I, as I said before, I have nine millionaire students right now. So who do you think goes on my student list? All nine of my millionaire students, right? I'm not like, this is where you pick out your star students, your top case studies, your top clients, and that sort of thing. Does that make sense? Yes? Yep. Okay. So that's credibility. 
Craig, am I good with five more minutes? Yes, sir. Thank you. You could have said no, but okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so that is credibility. Everyone good with this? Yeah? All right, I'm gonna go super fast because I wanna be as respectful as I can. All right, so that's credibility. Next up is connection. All right, connection. And this is what Kevin said. He goes, Jason, I watch your videos on social media. And he goes, you know what your biggest problem is? I'm like, I got a lot of them. And he goes, well, the biggest one is that you seem like a cartoon character. Like everything's just always perfect in your life. Your energy's always great, right? Like everything just seems too perfect. And so the audience doesn't connect with you, right? He said, if you think about it like, by the way, that is a seesaw. All right, but he said, if you think about it like a seesaw and you have credibility on this side and you have connection on this side, he said, if you have too much credibility, not enough connection, you are like a cartoon character and they don't feel connected to you, right? Connection is flypaper for your followers. That's all it is. There's a lot of credible experts out there in your market, your competitors, but if you can get your prospect, your audience, to truly connect with you, they're gonna skip those other people's stories, skip their accounts, and they're gonna keep coming back to yours. Raise your hand if there's someone that you follow on social media and you're always watching their, their shit and you don't even know why. It's because of this, all right? And if we have too much connection, but not enough credibility, you are in the friend zone. That's what you are to your audience, you're in the friend zone. If you're like, they're like, I really like you, I just wish I wanted to buy from you, but I don't. That's basically it. So we need a good balance of both. So how do we create connection? There's two lists that we create. The first one is called your confessions list. And the second one is culture. Confessions and culture. Confessions, these are the things that you would rather your audience not know about you and your life and your business. These are the things your brain is like, I can't tell them that. That's what you tell them. Here's a, a, a decent example. Uh, I talk about reading all the time with my audience. I, I tell them I read a book a week, which I do my best to do, and I, I consume a lot of information. Last couple months, I haven't been reading. I think I've read maybe two books in the last couple months, and I feel guilty about it. Do you think I should share that with my audience? 1,000%. How weird is it telling them that I haven't been reading actually makes them like me more? It's weird, but it's true. That's something I don't want to share. Um, so we wanna figure out what are all the flaws, the vulnerabilities that you have in your business? And that's the stuff that we wanna put on your confessions. It's the things you're gonna to confess to them. Right? This is called escalating reciprocity of vulnerability meaning you start sharing things that you're vulnerable about with them and they actually feel more connected to you. The more vulnerable you are, the more connected they feel to you. Does that make sense? Yes? Perfect. Culture. All right. Culture is what, like when you're not around, it's how they think about you and your accounts and what you do and the, the whole lifestyle thing that you're bringing to the table for them. And there's a framework that we use for culture. I'm gonna give it to you right now. First thing with, with culture is the vision. This is like a one sheet you can just fill out. All right, vision, meaning what is the outcome, the promise that they get by following you, investing in your programs, your services, and so on? Like what's the, the vision? 
This can be shown in your own lifestyle. Raise your hand if you follow Grant Cardone. Woo! Yeah, fucking love Grant, right? Does Grant do a really good job of showing you what the vision looks like? Yeah, every video, he's on the jet, or he's in the rolls, or he's with his kids, putting his daughter in the freezer at the grocery store, right? Me and Craig thought that was the funniest story of all time. All right, I was like, isn't she cold? Vision. Second one is villain. Who is the enemy? Right? The enemy, the villain, is the one who is trying to stop you and the prospect from getting to the vision. It's the bad guy. It can be a person, it can be a thing. For me, it is a lot of times what we call the sea of mediocrity, right? So it's not a person, but it's a general idea that everyone around you is encouraging you to settle for less than what you're capable of, to live a life of average. One thing that we're gonna start doing on my social media is we invented a character called Agent Average. And Agent Average is gonna be me, and I'm gonna play him, and he is the villain. Right? So I'm going to have a hat that says trucker hat, agent average, sunglasses, big ass mustache, don't know why, but going to wear it. And uh, for instance, my, my event is called High Status Summit. So agent average is going to get on my Instagram and he's going to sell tickets to the low status summit because that's a secret to being unhappy in life, being low status. Right? And he's going to badmouth all these ambitious people and why are you trying so hard? Why are you working so hard? You should just fucking watch Netflix like the rest of us. Right? He's going to say all these things because he is going to represent the villain. Does that make sense? Yes or no? Yes. yes. Okay. So that's the villain. Right? If you sell fitness, a lot of times that might be like mainstream health advice. That's bad. That might be Starbucks that says like, this is our low calorie cap of Froco, whatever the hell it's called, with 1,200 calories. In. Like, it could be the, the companies that put like, like you buy Sour Patch Kids and they say fat free. Like that might be the enemy. Does that make sense? Okay, so we have vision, we have villain, and then we have your mechanism. This is your secret sauce for how your students and clients get such good results. If I was uh, P90X, my mechanism would be muscle confusion. Right? When I sell, yeah, I know that's not a thing, okay? <laughs> When I sell IG Agent, my Instagram stuff, my mechanism is the scripts. There's special scripts that I give you that you can type that allow you to get these results. It's the vehicle that will drive prospect from bad, bad to good, good. Does that make sense? Right? You guys may already know what this is. You may have to think about it. The biggest thing you can do with your mechanism is name it something cool that they haven't heard before. So when you say it, they go, wait, what the hell is that? And then they have to pay attention to find out. Okay? Fourth thing is what I call the encourager. You can think of the encourager as like a slogan. It's like one thing that you say to your audience over and over and over that becomes what everyone in the culture says. I wear mine on my shirt every single day. Keep fucking going. What is Grant Cardone's slogan? 10X. How many times a day did he say 10X? I don't know, but he's gotta say it 10 times more now, okay? He's gonna be true and stick to his word. So you figure out just one saying that you say over and over and over. Who here knows Russell Brunson in ClickFunnels? What's his slogan? You're one funnel away, right? So you have a slogan and you say it all the time. Fifth one is self-image. Who do they become by being a part of your culture? Right, Russell, funnel hacker. Right. For me, it's not that good. I need to work on it. It's just action taker. Right? You, can, you can figure out the self-image by I am a fill in the blank. When someone is like your top student, your top client, 
and like, like what are they to you? What does it mean to be a part of your tribe? Who do you become? What is the aspirational label that you can give? Does that make sense? So it's something you have to think about a little bit, okay? Think about a little bit. And then the last one is what we just call the three seven. All right, the three seven. This one is really key and not a lot of people do it and it's actually really, really important with your culture and with your tribe and it's this. You should have three to seven sayings that you say over and over and over. Who here has ever found out as a team leader, like you have employees or you have a team, that you have to repeat yourself a lot for them to really understand? Like way too much. You're like, I feel like I say this every, but you need to because you need to find your three seven, the three to seven things that are the most important. Sharon, who I think you're gonna to see tomorrow, who's amazing at his team when he built his real estate company to 3.4 billion, he told them every day, good process drives good results. That is a saying, and it's true. One of my sayings I say all the time is conversions happen in conversations. Best part is, I didn't even create that. Taki Moore created that, all right? At least I first heard it from him. So it doesn't have to be your, your sayings that you created, but it's the key things that you, you say over and over and over to your tribe that become like you, like, you want these things to be things that they repeat when you're not around. It's the key sayings that you're like, if you do these things, you will be successful. So you have your three to seven. The problem is so many of us, we take in so much information, we have so many good stuff that we make these videos or these captions or these emails, and we have a different thing every day, a different saying, a different core principle, a different whatever. Audience can't figure it out. They can't keep up, and a confused mind doesn't buy. And so there's just no stickiness. There's no flypaper. What you need to do is have the three of seven and you just say them, you hammer them home over and over and over. And now I feel more comfortable with you because I'm not constantly getting all this crazy novelty from you. And I'm like confused. Now I'm like, I got it. He's got like his five things. He just says over and over and over. Listen to Gary Vee. How many things does he say? Like four, right? Hustle, social media is the new TV. Fuck, post more often. There's Gary, right? <laughs> I'm just joking, I think, I think Gary's like freaking amazing. But he's got the same thing like over, so you need to figure out what your core three to seven sayings are and just repeat them over and over and over and over. Now the last thing before I wrap up here is how do you put all this together, right? Because now you have your credibility list, assets, advantages, and associations, and you have your connection list, confessions and culture. How do you put it together? You need a cadence. All right, you need a cadence. And all this looks like, I'm not even gonna write it. Here's what you do with that. Craig is probably the best person in the world at creating a cadence for content. You guys agree? Yeah, it's unbelievable. So here's what I recommend you do. You take the assets, advantages, associations list, and you take the confessions and the culture list, and you just apply it to the cadence of content that Craig already has you doing. But now you're gonna be a little more strategic about each content. So think about it like this. Let's say you're posting twice a day, okay? So first post, you just make sure it includes one of your assets. Second post, make sure it includes one of your advantages. Third post, make sure it includes one of your associations. Fourth post, make sure it includes one of your confessions. Fifth post, make sure it hits on one of those things of culture. And you just cycle it through like that. And now what's happening is we are seeding and planting all of these triggers that create massive influence to your audience inside of every post or communication that you have with them. Does that make sense? Yes? Do you guys see how this is gonna be really, really helpful? As I said, since we started doing this, our story views have doubled. I personally believe it's not the credibility stuff, it's the connection stuff. 
It's totally the connection stuff, right? Like another one, just to give you guys more examples, is like uh, I'm flying to Thailand in two days. I have a bunch of classes online that I'm teaching while I'm in Thailand. I'm gonna be all fucked up with the jet lag and stuff. And so I normally would never share this with my audience, but now I'm doing this. I made a video and a post that said, hey, I'm going to Thailand next week, and I gotta be honest with you guys, I'm just really worried. And I feel a little guilty. Like I'm vacationing in Thailand, and I have these, this goal of creating 100 millionaire students, and I have this call with them, and I'm not, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to bring my best because I'm time zones, I'm jet lagged, and I'm gonna do the best I can, but I'm, just, I'm a little bit worried. And that's the whole fucking post. I would have never, ever shared that before. And now I share it, you know what happens? 150 people message me encouraging me that Jason, you're gonna do a great job, don't worry about it. That's connection, that's flypaper, that's stickiness with your audience, all right? And so, <sighs> connection, credibility, cadence. Power speaking principles. This is your house, What's in it for me radio, and breathe life into your audience. And last but certainly not least, continue to train your not give a fuck muscle. I hope to see you all again on video sometime soon and watching all of you guys no longer giving any fucks. Thank you guys so much. Yeah.